0: we've been talking about Holy Moments and the book Holy Moments. We gave out about 2,000 of those, over 2,000 actually, at Christmas time. As a matter of fact, this is the last week of our four part message series called Holy Moments. Remember, a holy moment is a single moment in which you open yourself up to God. You make yourself available to him. You set aside personal preference and self-interest, and for one moment, you do what you prayerfully believe God is calling you to do. No two holy moments are the same. Some are unexpected. Others are planned. Some are big, life-altering decisions. Others will be forgotten in an hour or two. Some can impact countless lives. Others simply orient you back toward God. The theme of today's gospel is invitation. Let's explore today's gospel to see what potential holy moment God might be inviting you to have. We will explore seven specific invitations. We begin with Jesus withdrawing to Galilee. Do you need to withdraw? Is that an invitation for you? Do you need a retreat? Do you need some time in silence and solitude to replenish your soul and renew your mind? Has life become too busy and overwhelming? Have things gotten out of control? Do you need to slow down and rediscover what matters most in life? If so, then perhaps God is inviting you to make a retreat. The first reading, the responsorial Psalm, and the Gospel All tell us that in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. Is there an area of your life covered in darkness? Here's another invitation Is there a part of your mind or your heart that's hidden from God? What do you consume? Is your food or media content diet one of darkness? Perhaps God is inviting you to bring light into an area of your life overshadowed by darkness. Or perhaps there's a person or a situation you know of that's overshadowed by darkness that desperately needs an infusion of light. Are you being called to be that light for another person? Next comes a powerful invitation to freedom. We heard Jesus say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent. That's a word we love to hate, I think. But remember, repent simply means to have a change in thinking, which leads to a change in heart, which leads to a change in our behavior. Easy to say, not easy to do. To have a change in mind, which leads to a change in heart, which leads to a change in behavior. It means to change our ways, the ways we live our life. Do you at this moment in your life need to turn away from something destructive and turn toward God? Is there a sin that has a stranglehold on your life? Is it time to call a spade a spade and turn to God for help? Is it time to go to the sacrament of mercy, which we call confession, and repent of all the things preventing you from being all that God made you to be? Jesus also says very pointedly today, come after me. There's no more direct invitation than that. Is Jesus today in the here and now inviting you to follow him for the first time? That is, have you gone your entire life without anyone directly asking you if you want to be a follower of Jesus? Has that choice always been made for you by somebody else? Is it time to take ownership of your own faith and leave all the expectations and demands behind, behind you to truly follow Jesus? These days, I think we'd like to often go into a lot of psychological detail about the emotional needs of the apostles that Peter calls, I mean that Jesus calls. And is he meeting their emotional needs? What about the emotional needs of Peter and Andrew and their inner journey or searching for something, reaching out for more? We love to speculate about the dynamics of conversion. Volumes and volumes of books are written on it. That's often our problem, though, in answering Jesus' call. If the call came to us, we'd probably want some discussions, some counseling, maybe some therapy, some research on decision-making, as well as weighing all the options to ensure that we're responding to a genuine call. Really? While we're doing all that, Jesus would simply move on to another town, and we would miss our chance. That's what's often called the paralysis of analysis. Discussion is easy. And honestly, important discussion is necessary, but decision takes courage and strength. Discussions can be a dime a dozen. I mean, really, just look on the internet. It's kind of ridiculous. Our life is shaped not by our discussions, but by our decisions. Analysis is no substitute for decision, which is the point this gospel account is making directly to us. We follow Jesus by making a choice, not by launching a new discussion. Jesus said, come after me. At once, they left their nets and followed. Another key detail in this scene is found simply in the nets. Leaving your nets is an invitation. We want to know the rule of God in our life, forgiveness and growth and grace, and the sense of belonging to a spiritual community. We want the peace of being united to God's will, but we don't want to give up our nets, the entanglements that trap us and hold us back. These entanglements are not the responsibilities that we have in our lives because genuine responsibilities are certainly beautiful ways of serving the Lord. Rather, these entanglements are the people and relationships that distance us and separate us from Christ. For example, we don't want to give up gossiping with other people, cutting corners, wrong relationships, immoral behavior, habits of arrogance, rash judgment, or addictions. So we try to find ways of having both. We want it both ways, and we know that doesn't work. Those nets weigh us down and hold us tightly. To know the kingdom of God in our life, we have to be willing to leave behind the nets, the distorting entanglements of soul, mind, and heart. Another brief phrase in that gospel is, they left. Pretty pointedly, they left. What are you holding on to that Jesus is inviting you to let go of today? Peter and Andrew dropped their nets. James and John let go of their boat and their father, potentially gut-wrenching decisions that maybe they'd been putting off for years, but they did drop them. What will you drop today so that you can more freely give yourself over to the call to live and love as Jesus lived and loved? The gospel shows us that the ones who left their nets and followed as Jesus gave them a new mission, new seas to sail, deeper purpose for their lives. For us to follow Jesus is not a matter of leaving family, jobs, or residence. It's a matter of leaving behind a way of living. And that can be far more difficult. We're not talking about a geographical change. We're talking about an internal change. So for us, the problem is not where we live, but how we live. Not how much we have in our stuff, but what we do with what we have and our stuff not in finding the truth, but embracing the truth of Jesus Christ. The reign of God is open to all of us if we are willing to risk a new way of living, to abandon the paralysis of analysis and make the commitment to Jesus Christ. We will experience the kingdom to the extent that we are willing to let go of those nets. It's hard to follow the Lord if we're dragging all kinds of tangled webs woven from bad memories, angers, and sins. Then, what else did Jesus do? He went. Another trite phrase in the gospel. He went. He went proclaiming the gospel. That's another invitation. Do you feel a growing fire within you to share the love that's been given you? In one way or another, Jesus sends all of us to share the gift of our faith. Do you look upon a dark and dreary world and see how you can share the light of Jesus? Are you ready to share the gospel? Remember, gospel means good news. And what is the good news? We sang it as we began today. God so loved the world. God so loves you and me. God so loves you that he sends his only son so that for one reason, we might one day live with him in eternal life. It's beautiful news, news of love, good news. You don't have to be an expert in theology to tell other people about the good news God wants them to know, that they are loved by the Lord. You can do that easily in a small group, and we give you the tools to do that in a small group. How are you sharing the gift of your faith? It also says in the Gospel... Jesus went curing every disease and illness. Is this an invitation for you? Is today the day you finally have the courage to go to the God of miracles and ask for healing? Are you ready to make the leap and step out in faith, believing that Jesus has the power to cure every disease and illness? Some holy moments are remembered forever. Some feel like a footnote. The scale matters not. What matters is whether or not we have the courage to respond when Jesus invites us to collaborate with him in an holy moment. He's calling you. He's calling you in the here and now, today. Come after me. Come after me. There are many ways the Lord calls us and invites us. We've discussed seven of them today. We have a gift for you when you leave today, listing those seven ways you may be invited and how you can respond to God's invitation. It's on these beautifully designed tent cards. You can get them from the usher if there's no usher by the door when you head out, by the by the exit doors. And after you've used the card and written down your invitation, please share the card with someone you think would benefit from it or maybe run it off on the copy machine. Save that version for yourself and pass along these tent cards. It's another wonderful way to simply share your faith. The Lord is inviting you. Jesus Christ says, come after me. How is the Lord inviting you to come after him? And how are you going to respond?